uh, unless they did a bad job tuning it and you're heavily committed and this is your hobby, which I would encourage people to do. They should, if, like, if this is something you're into, yeah, just pretty do cool. it. any hobby uh, you always find a strong DIY do-it-yourself component to them you know and uh, a lot of people like to build their own stuff they they enjoy it they get set like anyone when you make something you get the satisfaction of knowing you built it yourself mm-hmm. and um, one thing but you don't see in audio it's trickier because you tend to need skill sets like the ability to solder you know, which I mean, you could self-teach. You could teach yourself this stuff. There's mm-hmm. sure there's YouTube videos on, but the skill levels. I mean, did you ever, remember when you first learned how to solder? How bad it was. Yeah, you were off, <laughs> right? You know, so Six it's, years. It's difficult. Yeah, but but you know, I mean, we could talk about it. It's you know the, the the thing is that like you see DIY DIY kits for speakers, and basically they send you the box, the woofer, the tweeter, the crossover components, sure. and you you assemble the whole thing yourself. So you're 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 kind of avoiding the labor and, and it learning at the same time. It, and when I was younger, they had kits like, you know, 501 Lafayette mm-hmm. where you can wire things together and make a AM radio. They still have that stuff. Yeah. It's just not very popular. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. now that Radio, radio Shack, Shack is gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, they used to have that stuff where you could build things. That was great. Yeah, that was cool stuff. It taught you. It taught you how you could put things together to make it function, to do something. But now that's electronics, hardware, and it's not really – hardware is kind of the easy part today. Now you could buy almost anything very cheap that does typically what you want. The software is where you come into problems. Mm. And really it seems like what people like about DIYing in the audio community is you could kind of get an understanding for the whys, the hows. You could build something tailored to your particular specifications, your room, what you prefer. And it can be considerably cheaper because some of the stuff, especially high-end, can be very, very expensive. Now, this is where it gets difficult because you get to lead into it thinking, oh, I'll DIY my, myself some speakers and I'll save so much money. Mm. And then you come to figure out that you're just tweaking and modding and buying new stuff over. And it really isn't cheap. If you actually want world-class performance, maybe it could be cheaper, but I wouldn't count on it. It could well, be very expensive I mean, and take you a long you time. You guys have done like your own sub in the past. Yeah. Just the woodwork alone is a takes a bit of a skill set and, it's a and lot. tools and yep. <laughs> you got to be able to you know there's a lot that comes together and then to try to finish it make it look good is a whole process you there's know, always unforeseen issues yeah. Yeah. finishing is, is very yeah difficult. you can't just rattle can the thing it's just not gonna really well, i mean you can <laughs> it's, it's not just, gonna look if you good. want it to look like a finished product <laughs> yeah. it's very difficult yeah. yeah that's the tough part the cat to me the cabinetry is the hardest part on speaker builds yeah you know and well, would, with kits these days, though, they like everything comes pre-drilled, pre-routed. Everything just drops in. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, the CNC so made the part. It used to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah then it'll kind of go together. Yeah. yeah. So you're just turning screws and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, the soldering is a cool skill to learn. You know, if you're doing speaker crossovers and stuff, and I think a lot of those give you the make, make give you a PC board with the components. And you got to put them. Mm-hmm. Soldering's cheap yeah. to start out in, so yeah, give yeah, it a right. try. And it's really not that hard. But if you really want to be able to do more advanced stuff, do a really good job on complex assemblies, it'll take a little while, but it's cheap and forgiving, so give it a shot. Yeah. Well, yeah, learning about, like, uh, the shrink back of uh, insulations. Right. Sure. Yeah, on wire. Yeah, yeah, it's a little more difficult, I think, to build cables for the first time. Yeah. You get it, you're going to ultimately get it, the part too hot. 
Yeah. You know, you got at least, if you're going to start soldering, at least get a temperature controlled station. You need They're it. not expensive. Yeah. Not, not, not it has a volume bucks, knob yeah. on it. You want that. You, got, you need to vary the temperature so you, you don't temperature melt control Because inevitably yeah. people get a cheap iron and it's just on. It just yeah. gets hot. It's and you leave brutal. it plugged in, it gets hotter and hotter and hotter, and you have no control. And well, you put it on a piece of wire and now it's cold. Well, the other problem is those are usually low power, the ones. Yeah. And so then if you have like a big, like a big wire, s- anything big, big heat sink, yeah. essentially, then you don't have enough power to heat it up and you can't actually solder to it. Iron right are that. under $40 or so for cheap yeah. ones now. So it's Yeah, you want a temperature controlled station, right. you know, even they're even under 100 bucks. But yeah, you without that, you're you're beating your head against the but wall. But on to the question. <laughs> yeah. You see people DIYing speakers. It's somewhat common in some circles. And. There seems to be a lot of people doing totally different things. There seems to be people going outside of the standard box. However, with headphones, pretty uncommon. Usually when you see people doing what they call DIYing the thing, it's taking a headphone and modifying it. And it could be somewhere from a very trivial modification, like putting different stuff inside the headphone, inside the housing. And it could be all the way up to a bit more extreme. You start changing the enclosure, you start changing out components. Maybe you swap drivers and you change the interior build, you change the housing. But usually people are taking parts and pieces from existing headphones and they're putting them together in different ways or modifying them slightly. Well, and I it's not really what you see with speakers where it's really more Well, I think the problem is up. getting parts like that that go together to make a, a shell. Yeah, right. That, it's just like kind of a speaker cabinet. It's the same situation. You need a headband. You need sides that hold the driver. Yeah, well, at least there's yeah. somewhat standards in like in uh, speakers like eight inch woofers yeah you know, 12 inch you know you need a 12 inch hole okay yeah that's true so that yeah, you could, standard yeah you can interchange components yeah. where on a, on a headphone it's a little more difficult yeah yeah well, on top of that a headphone is considerably less forgiving you could get away with a wrong design in a speaker and the size and the weight don't matter so usually you could kind of like throw things at it to solve the problem if you have a resonance in the enclosure of your speaker you could put more wood in it or whatever you could dampen it with something yeah, and you could put bracing. 500 pounds of sand in it if you want right it doesn't really matter whereas with a headphone that's very impractical yeah. if you have a problem a lot of times you have to solve it with a technical solution not just like putting more stuff in it a lot of times it doesn't really solve the problem it'll kind of mask it so if you're looking for world-class performance in a headphone i think the reality is it's just really hard yeah there's a lot of the problem with headphones in particular is there's a lot of st- there's a lot of every component needs to be, what would you say, optimized so to speak like to work with each other. Yeah, mm. system. Yeah. It's a it's a whole like compact system. Yeah, it's like a tiny room yeah. with a tiny speaker. Yeah, right. At, right by your ear. So every mistake you make in the DIY side. Is, yeah, right. Yeah, because with speakers, a lot of times your biggest issue with the sound of a speaker is going to be, in most part, your room. Right. Maybe even amplification if you have an anemic amplifier. Um, but the enclosure, the speaker, the drivers, oddly enough, can be often the least significant factor in the sound of the system. Yeah, people have done some weird shit with speakers. Yeah, yeah like they have like a sale, you know, and they have like speakers <laughs> for like a dollar twenty, and you buy 50 yeah, of them. Yeah, you could make it work, <laughs> yeah, right? right? right. right. throw them on a huge baffle. Yeah, right. Sure. They, they, these the guys make open back, open yeah. baffle speakers. Right. You don't There's even no have an cabinet, enclosure. Right. It's just speakers. Yeah. Just fires to the you rear of the room. make it work. Yeah. yeah. But the room, if it's really bad, you can't really make it work very well. You can't really design a speaker to work very well in a very bad Headphones room. are kind of like that, too, because the room is tiny, and it, the room still matters, but it just needs to be acoustically set up for the driver. Yeah. But with a headphone, you're building the room, too. And the trouble is, these aren't really components that work 
the way people think. It's not like this driver is perfect and you put it in anything and it's perfect. It's only perfect in this enclosure, the way it's tuned in this little box it's in with these ear pads, with whatever materials are in and around it and how it's set up. Um, if you put it in another enclosure, it could be awful. I don't, think, could, I don't think anyone sells um, DIY kits for headphones, do they? Um, I mean, on the lower end of things, their headphones are cheap They probably have where, like little kids' toy kits or something, but I don't think it's actually like a serious kit because yeah. it would be so impractical. People just buy cheap headphones. And yeah, right. That's yeah, that's, a that's like block. typical like uh, Grado's, like the, the example of everybody yeah, modifies right. them because they're, they're relatively cheap. Yeah. But then some people take it to extreme where I've seen people like, you know, they build a whole new wood enclosure and everything, make dip new headbands. So they can literally place every part except for the driver. Really? Yeah. Some people get really deep into it, but that, well, then it requires a lot of skill then, though, to yeah. make it actually look nice. You well, know? And that's the other thing, too. The drivers are difficult to come by that are good, too. I mean, you can't just use any speaker and a headphone. You just got to buy the headphone yeah. take the driver out. And, that's of course, all, way, the, yeah. all the better headphones are all custom-made drivers by the company they don't stay they don't really sell them right you can find some yes. knockoff drivers here and there are speakers but it's yeah. really not well the, the driver could be like half the cost of the headphone mm -hmm. so if they were to sell it separately not only would most people not be able to do a good job but it would probably be very expensive and the demand is probably so low it's just and at that point you're better off buying a used set that somebody already figured yeah. out mm -hmm. and it works right so it's kind of weird if you think about it i mean it's surprising I'm, I'm actually thinking about the fact that it's surprising that it it is so light in the diy community i mean we ran into guys when we first started doing this that were trying to make planar drivers yeah and having a difficult yeah, time cool. of it yeah you know and they were impressed that we were able to get away with what we got away with so to speak or whatever you want to call it we were doing a free or damp driver, and they said well, we weren't able to do that on a DOI setting at all, you know, type thing. And they've never seen that before. And um, I don't know, we just we just did it. We didn't we didn't think it was going to be a limitation. But 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 bottom line is that you know there was there 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 is a underground movement of that. But I think now the size and scale of our of this niche industry we're in is such a point where you can probably buy just about anything you want ready to go. Mm -hmm. instead of spending weeks or months buying a bunch of parts to try to make something. Yeah, well, you know? I guess we started as technically DIY, you know? Well, yeah, Most people do, everyone right? does. And that, so we know from firsthand how long it took to yeah. figure it out. You yeah, know? to get to this level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time. So where, I mean, I think speaker building is a little different because you, you're, you're, you're learning soldering skills. And, I mean, it's big, bigger parts. You know, it's, I guess that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, some people build kit cars, too. And to me, oh, my God, that's a lot of work, like assembling a whole car oh, from scratch. Or some people build models. Yeah, even Same just a model. <laughs> when I was a kid, I did some models. Yeah, But if yeah. you like that, if that's your hobby, if that's what you're into, yeah, it's cool to do stuff like that, right? It's, if you have nothing better to do with your time and you enjoy it, why not? Right. And it would be cool to see more people do DIY headphone stuff, but it is oddly uncommon. I guess it's just not really practical yeah you're seeing a little bit more of it like people with 3d printers where they're affordable mm -hmm. and so someone throws up a file online right you can print a part for something sure. but it's still not a complete headphone it's right. just one part yeah it's a small oh. component that changes something about it yeah so yeah. i mean the reality of it is you really don't have a comprehensive kit form for a headphone even if you did what would it sound like well yeah <laughs> i think i think the biggest thing is it's like this with a lot of things is that um that you can get pretty good headphones pretty affordably these days yeah. so it's like i mean yeah if you want to spend the time on it you can but you can just buy this already done and it's already proven you know for not that much yeah in fact the way the world's been going over the years the decades and people 
the younger generation using their hands less and less, that kind of lends itself going to a, you know, future generations just not bothering when making something because right. it's a dispo it's almost a commodity. It's a disposable. That's kind of how the market's product, moving. You know, and it's somewhat unfortunate, but it is understandable at the same time. Yeah, um, it makes sense in the current climate that you're going to see less and less DIY because it wasn't that long ago when the stuff didn't exist, but now most things exist. And really, the question is affordability, but if there's something that's really high end, that's spectacular, and you want to emulate it, replicate it, or do it yourself for less, a lot of times it really isn't practical. It may seem practical. I could, the components can't cost more than a few hundred dollars, but they're selling it for thousands. Maybe, but yeah. <laughs> what would it cost you to, to make, make one? one yeah. right? That's the a problem. Lot. The first one is expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's probably never going to be better uh, unless they did a bad job tuning it. And you're heavily committed, and this is your hobby, which I would encourage people to do. They should, if, like, if this is something you're into, yeah, just do cool. it. It's cool, but don't expect it'll be perfect out the gate. Expect mm. it'll be years and years and cost probably an order or several orders of magnitude more than you expect. You know, I guess that's the bummer with it. And bummer is an old school term, right? Mm, but the sure. thing is, you, you go through all the work, right? Let's say you do have a 3D print file, you print the parts. Yeah. You go through all the work, sand it smooth, you know, drill the holes, whatever you got to do to make this thing assemble into a headphone, figure out how to make a headband. You put it all together and it sounds like shit. Mm. And I mean, you know, that's, it, that's probably more than likely going to happen because now you've got to tune it. Yeah, right. You know, you got to figure out what this driver's doing in this material you just printed. And, right. and that, that, it's a bummer because you hit that point, you're like, oh, I went through all this work and I hate it. You know, I mean, right. I, I mean maybe some people don't like their their Frankenstein type outfit but the ten, it tends to not go together as a compre- as a co- cohesive whole. It's hard to make it something that's marketable yeah. that people actually want. Well I guess it goes for anything. It's like food spending all this time working on a meal and getting all these expensive ingredients yeah, right. and then it, and you know, just not liking it. Yeah, yeah but is it actually good? Is it good? Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Yeah that is a problem in the end. I thought about 3D printing stuff like headphone related things for a, a bit now because it's getting to the point where it's actually practical and it's, I think it's kind of cool. You could dump a file on the internet and other people could make a physical object out of it. The trouble is, generally speaking, especially for headphones, since these things could be so sensitive, the detail required um, to be able to actually have somebody print a thing that does something to enhance the sound or functionality or whatever, to be able to manipulate something properly, the detail required in the print is pretty considerable. And there are printers like the, the resin-based printers that um, would be able to resolve that detail, but you need to hold tight tolerances a lot of times, and the material used is critical. You really got to know your printer. Yeah, and you also need to specify what material oh. to be used to print in. So it, it makes it kind of challenging because if it's cured differently at a different temperature, it has different characteristics, and it could or could not be a problem. And if your tolerances are off where it doesn't line up, or these dimensions are slightly off, then all these peaks or valleys that you were supposed to correct got shifted. Well, bottom line, the guy that created the file was using created it for his particular mm-hmm. printer. Right. Now you go to use it and it's bleh. It's hard <laughs> in the hobbyist machine coming out. to get dimensional accuracy across a bunch of different machines. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I mean, the resin's not that cheap. I mean, each That's try, true. it's not like a dollar, you know. No, but it, it's affordable enough. Yeah. It would be cool to see this encouraged more, but it is unfortunately very impractical. It's just so hard to get something that works. And I guess that's an issue with headphones. It's not about what it looks like. Like it needs to actually work. The performance is what matters. So if the characteristics of the resin you use are different than the one that the person that designed it used, it won't perform 
the way they measured or showed or described. Um, so it, unfortunately, the whole system's critical. And you could specify the resin used. You could specify the printer, and that matters a bit less. But still, it, it's down to the results. It's up to the end user to, to know whether or not it works. It's not really at the point where it's like a you hit a button and it comes out and, and it works. This isn't just about headphones. It's about any 3D print well, card. Anything, yeah. You know? Sure. Which I guess, guess really would, so let's say you need a, like something, a tool you're going to build for whatever or a jig to do something. Right. I mean, you made a you made a, uh, some new jigs lately with our stuff. You actually yeah. farmed out the printing of it, right? Because we couldn't print it here properly, right? Our machine wouldn't do it. Yeah. 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 You, you you needed such tolerance that we don't have a hundred fifty thousand dollar printer here to do it, three D printer to it. So actually, our machine has better tolerance as that machine. It's just I couldn't get the flatness. Oh yeah. It's just I couldn't stop it from curling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's stupid things like that where, you know, you're beating your head against the wall, and the machine just oh. isn't designed to be to work to make that part just ain't designed to do it and even though even when we got that part it wasn't perfect either. it wasn't good no <laughs> yeah right but that's yeah. always a critical misunderstanding with 3d prints people think that it, it works a little different than it is they think it's like it prints a part and they think the parts good. like a copier yeah it makes a thing that you yeah. see online it really isn't the case especially if you have the hot glue style machines the the layer adhesion can be very problematic and how you tune the printer machine you use the um, the plastic used and stuff like that, the temperatures and stuff like that, the conditions is in, it's all hyper critical. Uh, I'm sure anyone that's tried it knows already the mm. the pitfalls of it. Which yeah, which I mean, you know, yeah. bottom line is you got to really know your printer, you got to know how to use it, and you, you got to understand its limitations, and that's right. that's what you're bound by, right? That you can ma only make so many parts with this printer, and well, you times know a factor too, yeah. I well, mean, that's true. You spend all this yeah. time making one part, and it's like over ah, and over yeah, again yeah. to try to get it right, and again, frustrating. Yeah, right. But as a tool. A 3D printer is phenomenal because you could buy them now very cheap that are pretty good. And if you're experienced, you have a lot of care and finesse, you could produce exceptional parts with them. You're spending hundreds of hours learning how to oh, use it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Huge time. And though. that's cool in itself. That's a hobby right there. And that's a skill set, yep, too. Absolutely. I mean, you could use that in, for going forward and not just jobs or whatever. Anything. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and learning how to know, learning how to do that is almost like learning how to run a CNC machine, right? Or it's you, a rung blow, maybe, but it's in making a part and you're designing yeah. it, you know. it's And, and it's, that's kind of rewarding in itself to me, to be able to actually have, like, you know, back in the day, we didn't have these toys, so the best we could do is graphic software right. and print a poster or mm. print, you know, some uh, piece of literature, you know, with text and graphics. Back in the day, that was you get an inkjet printer, right? Like, wow, sure. now you got nice color, vibrant color. Mm -hmm. You know, you make 10 pieces and the thing screws up and the ink flows all over the place. But it, but you could do those 10 pieces and make them look really good. Mm -hmm. I just remember the challenges of even just printing things back in the day, which you mm -hmm. guys don't even worry about because yeah. you grew up with a laser color. and. Yeah. Shoots out 100 well, I pages a minute. Remember you yelling at the printer all the time. Oh my god, it just never ended, you know. Yeah. And if you didn't use it for like a couple of days, the ink ink jets would dry out. Oh yeah, you're screwed. You got to replace everything. And now you 50 bucks, you can get a printer that you <laughs> tell it, me about. It just it. prints fine right out of the box, yeah. and that's well, it. They charge People you still have issues with printers though. Sometimes, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, printers, ink jets, are ink jets. They're a pain in the balls. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, they're really tough to deal with. Yeah, well, the ink still dries out. Yeah, right. And it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's a big scam. Yeah. <laughs> but in the end, yeah, you know, it's kind of the same, same thing here, except now we're doing it in a 3D world. You can make a physical thing. Yeah. And it's cool, right? You right. Could, I think it's remarkable that if somebody were to design a thing that solved a problem with a product, you could put it on the internet and other people could download it and you could make an object from what somebody else designed. That's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty cool. It's a concept. It, the concept's there, but unfortunately, the implementation, it's a little difficult right now to have it work well. So unfortunately, today, it's still problematic to 
have like a community developed headphone, although that's a cool concept. I think people kind of sort of tried with that, but it's, you know, the only it's, way it to, requires so much time. The only way to really resolve it is you have to be like an Apple in terms of a 3D printer. Or yeah. Everybody has a standardized a machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now we can start rolling. That would work. Mm-hmm. You know, now you've got a worldwide network to part, make this part on, and it's standardized. You know. Right. So that's the only way to make it work. I well, think. I guess it all comes down to it is like Apple, like Wozniak and Steve in their garage. They yeah. had to build their. Back then, you couldn't just like buy. They had mainframes. You couldn't just buy a desktop. You know. Yeah. So they had to work and tinker and build their own computer. Right but now. But you look at the you board can. they made back then. Yeah, right. Like obviously for the day that was amazing. Yeah. But uh, you look at that today and you could design something better, if you're experienced in an afternoon. A lot it's of like times. a Pi Zero for five bucks and. Right. You could just buy the hardware. It's cheap. It's well, what's wild is aren't those things that, that oh, those first computers they built are worth over a million dollars. There's not many of them. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Wild. When you think about it. You They're know. in demand. Yeah. Can you imagine the solder, shitty soldering on that thing? Yeah. They're probably not great, but. <laughs> probably not. You're just making it work. Yeah. But those, back they in the day, those, those cheap, chips. Though. Yeah. Were they like 50 yeah. bucks or I something? Don't I don't know. I mean, obviously inflation and all that, yeah. but still they were, they were reasonably affordable. They were fortunate they didn't have to deal with surface mount at the time. They were able to slap a typical dip chip in on the boards well, that's all there was at the time <laughs> right and tack them in there and good it, to go yeah there was no like getting like pcbs custom made for two dollars yeah, right. yeah, now know? it's remarkably cheap yeah i wonder if they i wonder if they uh uh etched their own pc board for that i don't know i don't know what the, uh, i don't no. ever see no. was said that they had to send it out it was yeah. a pit before that was practical i guess yeah. I, I don't know if it's because of the scale the size the resolution they needed but the Etching your own thing only really works with modern methods and laser you printers. You need photog- uh, yeah. You needed lithography. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be the only way to get a good, yeah. decent board. Now, like laser printers and stuff like that, they have transfer. You could just use, if you use the right paper, you could transfer toner onto the copper pretty well yeah. and you could etch away with an iron. I remember doing my own boards back in the day when I was yeah. young and they looked pretty shitty. You they, could get really good. Yeah, yeah. Etch you it. could do really good. Now, now you can. Yeah. yeah. Back then we used a pen. Yeah. Well, and you painted right. on the board and shoved it in the chemicals. Well, <laughs> well, now they just sell those silver those crude. pens that are conductive. You, you can just, just draw, draw on a sheet oh, of yeah. paper. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You yeah. can't solder to it. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> on that one note, we should probably get going. So there you have it. In a nutshell, DIY is is cool. It's great. It's a learning process. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And you could carry those skill sets forward in life. So by all means. Do it. Give it a shot. Yeah, give it's it a shot. It's just pretty difficult. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Don't expect to be uh, an instant success on it. And that's all. You know, that's kind of everything in life. When mm-hmm. you think about it, it's all the same. It, yeah. It's all the same. you got to work at it. You can, yeah. Nothing comes. You don't ride the bike the first time. Yeah, yeah. you're going to fall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, expect to fall off a few times, you know. Maybe you will, though. But mm. I would expect stay, maybe. Stay close to the grass. That's mm. all sure. <laughs> don't go in the street right away. Mm. That, that pavement hurts when you hit it. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Take care of yourself. 